Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Erica. And I'm Abby. And today I'm going to tell you about the murder of Alice Seth. So pour yourselves a strong cup of joe and let's dive in. continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly, but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more Crime Over Coffee content. By signing up for our Patreon, you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content. To check out this opportunity and sign up for the Crime Over Coffee Patreon, visit www.patreon.com slash crimeovercoffeepod. Thank you again for all of your support. On July 9th, 2008, Charles Leiter and his daughter were walking home from grabbing dinner at a restaurant in German Village in Ohio. German Village is located just south of downtown Columbus, and um, it's a pretty wealthy area. But Charles and his daughter were walking, and they start to smell this really strange smell that's coming from a decorative well. The well was behind a house that belonged to Charles's landlord, 81-year-old Alice Seth. Charles ended up walking home and tried to call Alice's cell phone and it had gone to voicemail. And so because of this, he decided to go back to the well and he noticed that there was some blood splatter on a fence nearby and saw documents like a wallet and some things sprinkled around and also a wig that had blood on it. And he had known at this point that his landlord, Alice, did wear a wig and it kind of looked like her. So at this point, he started to be even more concerned. And he goes towards the well, and there were like cushions sitting on top of it. And he kind of pulled it up to look, and he saw some fingers. And at that point, he was like, nope. And he went back home and called 911. That seems like a smart choice on his part. So the police respond, and they go to um, the property, which is on South High Street. And... When they go towards the well, they're smelling the same thing and they pull up the cushions and they discover Alice's body in the well. As I mentioned, there was some stuff that was around the well in the ground and this included her driver's license. They pretty quickly assumed that it was Alice. When they discovered Alice, she was kind of upside down within the well. And as I said, it was like a wishing well it was just a decorative one so it didn't actually like go down into the ground it just kind of sat up on top police pretty quickly could tell that she was deceased and was likely harmed in a manner of homicide because of the situation and where her body was they did an autopsy and found out that she had died from positional asphyxiation and so basically she was placed in the well while she was still alive and ended up passing away Her arms and legs were both um, bound with duct tape, and she was strangled at one point with a piece of cloth as well. They determined that her body had probably been there for a few days before Charles had come across it. Additionally, they noticed that her dark blue Ford Escort was missing. However, when they are processing the scene, they're not able to find any DNA evidence left, and discover that her car, her phone, and her credit cards were all stolen. Police are trying to figure out 
who would maybe have a problem with Alice. So they start kind of looking into her life. As I mentioned, she was an 81-year-old living in German Village, and she actually had owned quite a few properties. Don't remember exactly how many, but I think it was about 15 properties. And a lot of those she rented out to tenants. And she was known to be both a very friendly woman and both kind of like, I think the vibe I got the most was kind of a hard ass. She was very, like I think of like a strict grandma in a way. And if she was hiring you and wanted you to do something, she expected the job to be done correctly. And she didn't really have a lot of leniency in that way. Which I feel like both of those traits or characteristics are important for a landlord to have. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be firm with your tenants and firm with the people that you're hiring to work for you. But you also need to be like compassionate and caring enough mm-hmm. to like understand situations and form human relations. Absolutely. I had also watched a um, documentary about this and this case and there were people um, that were friends or worked at like the tool store that she would go into and they all you know they all say Alice was really friendly they enjoyed her but then it's as it progresses is when they start to get into but she did kind of piss off a lot of people and additionally we're looking at motive the fact that her credit cards are gone um, makes it seem like it was a robbery and As I mentioned, she owned about 15 properties and it was in German Village and it's a very, very wealthy area. So in theory, she she had a lot of money and she worked with a lot of people in the community just for the fact that she had 15 units or 15 buildings. So a lot of people knew her and knew she had money. And at this point, police are trying to figure out what they can what they can do to figure out who could have committed this crime. And so they remember that her cell phone was missing. So they go to obtain her cell phone records and they discover that calls were being made late at night. And it was late enough that it would have been very atypical for Alice to be making phone calls. And it was to numbers that she had never called before, which was also strange. And they are able to figure out that a homeless man named Charles Green had actually been placing the calls. Charles Green was a middle-aged man that lived around German Village. Um, I saw reports that he was homeless or he hopped around a lot, staying from place to place. And to make money, he would just pick up work for people in the neighborhood. And of these people, that included Alice. I guess a few times Alice had actually paid Charles Green um, to do work around her properties. This would just include handiwork, yard work, painting, And Alice would even come and pick up Charles and take him to the locations where he was going to be working. And this would be anywhere from two to three times a week. Prosecutors were able to find um, surveillance video that showed Alice leaving a tool rental store the day of her death at 12.04 p.m. And then phone records were shown that her cell phone was used to call Charles at 1.28 p.m. And this was likely to set up a job to go pick him up. At 2.46 p.m., Alice's phone received a call that was not answered. And so they believed that before that time, she was likely attacked. And then later that night, so July 5th, between the times of 10.52 and 12.01 a.m., the phone placed 16 outbound calls to six different numbers. 
and police were looking at this data and they're concluding obviously that Alice was no longer in possession of her phone at this time. They also were able to use cell towers to kind of ping where these phone calls were coming from and they were able to confirm that it was in the vicinity of where Charles Green had last been seen and his listed address at the time, which was on Fabron Avenue. And it's at this point, obviously, they're pretty sure, hey, we need to at least check this guy out. He had her phone. I don't like they're not sure if he's involved with the murder, but somehow he has her phone and they can place him having contact with Alice the day of her death. It definitely looks suspicious, and I'm glad that they decided to look into it. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to find him, but they're really not able to track him down. However, they are able to find Alice's car. It hadn't been seen since the day that they believe she was killed, but they found it just kind of in South Columbus. I don't remember exactly where it was. I think it might have just been in a parking lot. Were they able to find anything in her car? that pointed to anything? They looked for evidence. They were not able to find any fingerprints, but they were able to find a small drop of blood that was collected and um, tested for DNA. And I did also see that they found, I believe, um, some fingernail clippings. Most of them belonged to Alice, but one of them did not. About two months after Alice's death, they did find activity happening on her credit card that had gone missing. And so, of course, they're trying to track down who was using the credit card. And it led them to two women. One of them was named Brenda Greathouse. And the other lady I didn't get a name on. But they talked to them and they're like, hey, where did you get this credit card you're using? And Brenda is like, oh, our friend Charles gave it to us, said we could use it. And for whatever reason, didn't care enough that it was someone else's name on the card and still used it. I feel like that definitely warrants some further questions. If somebody hands me a credit card, I'm going to be like, where is this from and why can I use it? (laughs) Sure, absolutely. And you know, I don't know the situation, but obviously there had to have been some thought that it was stolen and they just didn't care. I mean, there's no if answer buts about that i don't think did you find what their relationship to charles was were they just just oh. friends brenda said she was just a friend but it's funny you say that because they did track down someone else that they talked to and her name was norma jenkins and she actually had been seeing charles at the time or her words were, quote, fooling around, end quote, and saying that she was, quote, just one of, end quote, his ladies at the time. So nothing serious, but obviously there's still something going on. And they're talking to her, and they find out that on July 5th, which is the day that Alice disappeared and likely passed away, on that day, Norma actually noticed and saw um, Alice picking up Charles, and and she told the police as such. And then a few days later, she actually had heard on the news or something that something had happened to Alice and she was concerned. And I guess at some point, a few weeks prior, um, Charles had basically told Norma to go to Alice and act like she was paying rent and then push her down and rob her. And she obviously didn't want to do that. So she did not. But it also is making it not look good for Charles. 
She had also called Charles after she found out that Alice had been murdered and was trying to get some information from him because she was concerned. Apparently, he gave her a few different stories, one of them being that Alice gave her phone to Charles. Um, One of them being that, oh, no, Charles broke into the house after he found out that Alice had died and robbed her. Either way, it's coming up with a bunch of different stories and it's seeming a little sketchy. Remind me if I'm wrong, but they found Alice's body and then very quickly police were there and discovered that things were missing, right? So how would Charles have supposedly, according to this statement have supposedly known that she was dead and then went and got stuff so like he just discovered that she was dead and then was like i'm not going to tell police like either either way it just sounds really suspicious yeah and it doesn't line up i mean obviously if they immediately know that her stuff is missing and he says he went back a few days later and broke in that was a little concerning and you know police are like obviously we need to find charles because it's seeming like he's definitely involved in one way or another but unfortunately nobody knew where he was he had taken off after the murder and years would go by before they had any sign of charles the next big break in the case would come three years after alice's death And what happens is police and detectives find out that Charles Green had actually been arrested and put in jail. And it was actually not that far from their office. So they're like, well, shoot, (laughs) let's go talk to him. And he, of course, denies any involvement. And he does say that he worked with Alice as a handyman, but said he didn't know anything about her murder. And... So detectives are like, okay, well, can we at least get like a DNA sample? And apparently he gave it, which I thought was interesting. But they were able to test that to the blood drop that was found in the car, and it was a match. At this point, they're comfortable with charging Charles with Alice's murder, and they do. But they're a little concerned about going to trial because for the most part, they just have circumstantial evidence at this point. Nothing that's really tying him directly to the murder, just that he had her stuff after it. They had decided to check out Alice's car again, and I guess they still had it impounded at this point. And then they found a receipt book with the receipt for Charles Green that indicated payment to him just four days before her death on July 1st. And I guess this had contradicted some of Charles's statements before, saying, I think he had, I'm pretty sure he had claimed that he hadn't seen her in a while. And so they're starting to build up all this kind of circumstantial evidence, and they're thinking, hey, maybe it's enough. In January of 2017, the trial does begin. Investigators call some of the people that I'd mentioned earlier to the stand that had known Charles and been around in the days leading up to Alice's death. They lay out all the information they have with the connection that Charles was with Alice on the day of her murder and had access to both her car, her phone, and her credit card that was all stolen. They also were able to, like I mentioned earlier, pinpoint that the outgoing calls on her phone were in the vicinity of where Charles was residing at that time. For motive, they just believed that he was looking for money. It was pretty well known that Alice carried cash mostly. Whenever she would pay people, she would write a little receipt. She had a receipt book and pay in cash. So people knew her to be carrying around literally wads of cash. 
And so it's not surprising that if someone knew that and they were wanting to commit a robbery, that they might target her. I mean, she was a pretty small lady. She's 81 years old. It wouldn't be too hard to overtake her. Charles Green and his defense during the trial basically was that, yes, I had her credit cards and her cell phone after she had died, but some other man that worked for Alice gave them to me and that he didn't even know that they belonged to her, that she was dead at the time, which I don't know how you wouldn't know if her name's on it, but... I'm assuming it was all over, like, the news, and it was probably in the community, and so I think it would be really hard for you not to know. Yeah, and, you know, his statement and whatnot, it does make me wonder, like, if somebody else was also involved, but for me, it seems pretty obvious that he was involved one way or another, The jury saw that too. They deliberated for just about 10 hours and ended up finding him guilty. On January 6, 2017, and this is almost nine years after Alice's murder, Charles Green was charged with aggravated murder, kidnapping, robbery, and assault. This type of murder in this jurisdiction carries a mandatory sentence of life in prison with no chance of parole for 15 years. And this is the sentence that was carried out. Additionally, he had received 10 years each for the aggravated robbery and aggravated kidnapping, which was to run concurrent with the murder sentence. To this day, Charles Green is still serving out his sentencing. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcast or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.